0: Workplace Wellness Champions, welcome to episode 10 of the Virtual Vibe Podcast, where we discuss HR strategies for a happy, healthy, and connected workforce in a work-from-home world. My name is David Howe. I'm the CEO of Bright Breaks and host of the Virtual Vibe Podcast. And today, I'm really excited to chat with Monty Washington. And Monty is the VP of Human Resources at a company called M-Science which is a data-driven research and analytics firm who helps uncover new insights for leading financial institutions
1: since 2016. So welcome to the podcast, Monty. Since 2002, actually, <laughs> we publish ongoing research on over 200 public companies and deliver on-demand access to insights based on curated data of over a thousand companies. So we've been in the game for a while and a pretty good group of people over there at Science. So shout out to Science. Awesome. Thank you for correcting me there. That is well. That's like 20 years of doing anything is a
0: long time, so
1: yes, credit to the team. Yes, definitely. I haven't been there for 20 years. If I was there for 20 years, I would have been there in junior high school. But um, yeah, <laughs> they've been doing a great job thus far, um, and it's great to see where the company is now and hear the history of it and things of that nature. So I'm really proud to be a M scientist. <laughs> Love it. So with that, maybe
0: just would love to hear a little little bit of an intro on, on you, Monty, and, and also about the company, if there's anything else there to add. So when did you start? What's your role? And yeah, anything else that's relevant there?
1: Okay, so I've been with M-Science for about three, for three years now. I actually started there as a consultant doing just a coverage for another HR person while they were away. That HR person didn't return. And, you know, uh, I was offered the position uh, and I gladly accepted it. Um, very mature focused group of individuals, very people-focused and oriented. So uh, a lot of companies, one of the things that I'll tell any HR person that's looking for career in HR, when you're looking at companies, one of the important things is to see how their HR uh, department is laid out. So sometimes you may have HR departments where it's like, hey, we have three generalists, we have an HR manager, and that's it. Or you may have a breakout where you have an HR person for benefits. You have an HR person for employee relations. You have an HR person for events. And I'd also I would always tell the person to go with the latter. When you see that in a company, it shows that they take human resources seriously. They realize that human resources is uh, all encompassing in many different areas of what makes this business run. And uh, you will nine out of ten times find a group of executives there that care about their people and really want the best for their people. And that's the kind of company that M Science is. So uh, yeah, I've been here again, like I said, for three years, really enjoy working with the people here. We are a remote first company. So most of our individuals are employees. They work from home, from different states. We have uh, employees in, I would say, not just about every state, but maybe half of the states in the US. We have employees in just about all of those states. So yeah, I don't want to ramble too much and go on and on about how great the company is, but that's just a little about us.
0: Yeah, awesome. And we've obviously worked with M-Science at Bright Breaks, and we can vouch that it is an awesome company, so I'll say it for you. And so w- that's an interesting insight. So what are the roles in the, on the HR team look like in terms of the,
1: the specialist side of things? So I am the VP of Human Resources at M-Science, but we are, M-Science is also a subsidiary of Jefferies, which is the eighth biggest investment bank in the world. I mean, there's a business partner for every area of the business. We have someone who is dedicated to benefits, several people who are dedicated to benefits. We have several people who are dedicated to recruiting. We have several people who are dedicated to DEI initiatives. We have several people who are dedicated to events, training. Again, just every area of a competent HR force that you can think of, we have several people in those areas. So, um, I mean, yeah, I would say that it's quite the robust HR group within my career, I have been the kind of lone man, HR person handling all of the areas. And while it is doable, it is truly exhausting. And then you also don't get to give the employees really the amount of attention that they need. So when it is broken out like this and you do have this kind of support, it makes it very easy to make sure you focus on things like wellness, for instance, for employees. I'm sure that you've seen, I'm sure we've all seen those postings where it's like, hey, uh, we have a position for HR slash payroll, <laughs> things like that. So not knocking it. I know there's people who can do it, but for, as a preference, and if I'm giving anyone advice, I would always say to look at those types of companies that have that, that breakdown, because that's where you get the real support and you actually get to support employees in the right way. Yeah,
0: that makes a lot of sense. And we've actually found with our company that Obviously we're working with HR leaders on a wellness side of things, but the most successful companies have at least three HR folks in the company to really help manage the workload on, because wellness in and of itself is a big item, but as you listed, there's, there's 10 other things that you have to do, so that makes a lot of sense. And how big is the team?
1: So m in general, we are between 150, 200 employees and constantly growing. Um, we have the, I guess the privilege and the benefit Luck, whatever you'd like to call it, to be one of the few companies that, when the pandemic was going on and a lot of layoffs were going on in the industry, we constantly kept hiring, and that's one of the facts that we're proud of. Um, we're still hiring to this day. From the time that I've joined, there's never been a point in the time where we haven't been hiring. So, as you can imagine, it's very interesting, and very busy for me. But um, I prefer it. I love I love working with people. I love talking to the candidates, getting to know people and then eventually welcoming them into the M Science family. So yeah. Okay.
0: And you kind of mentioned wellness there. So why is is the culture of wellness that you've created and are, are
1: continuing to work on why is that important at M Science? So I think that wellness is important in, in any company in any setting, just to make sure that you have a environment that is conducive to just every individual's well being, but even more so in a remote environment. So In a remote environment, obviously, you know, you miss the chances for like water cooler talk. You miss miss the chances for connectivity. And part of wellness, which is something that people may not have realized before the pandemic, is connectivity. We need to be connected. We have a need as humans to be connected, to feel like we are part of something bigger. So by nature, having a remote first employment kind of situation, it does bring up certain obstacles that you have to overcome to make sure that people still feel that level of connectivity. And that you are able to engage them in different wellness activities, regardless of what it may be. So it's extremely important to me as an HR person to make sure that I am maintaining a level of connectivity with my employees, but also to make sure my employees are maintaining a level of connectivity with each other, where they don't feel siloed, where they feel like, hey, like I could. it's almost like being in the office. You can never truly replace that, but there are things that you could put in place to make sure that you can do more the same or more, I always aim for more, so uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and like that probably is, it might be the single biggest trade-off with remote work, right, is the lack of that water cooler talk, the kind of the casual chats that happen and all that. What drives the decision to be remote first? Because have you been remote first since like even
1: pre-pandemic? So I have worked remotely uh, a few times before the pandemic because i have not I've not only consulted. I've consulted with other companies as well. So a lot of my work has been remote. So I'm actually used to remote work. I've also worked in the office environment. Actually, during the pandemic, during when the pandemic was happening, I was actually in office. So implementing like the all the infrared cameras and all the stuff that just started coming out because of the situation. So I've kind of experienced both sides of that spectrum. I would say that working remotely It's not only something most people have to get used to. I may have had the privilege to not, I may have had the privilege to being used to it because I worked in that environment before, but um, pre-pandemic, most companies weren't that. You had to be in office five times a week. And the people who weren't in office five times a week were usually those who are holding higher seats in office that had to travel, things of that nature. So the pandemic kind of created this special situation where most companies were remote. M Science when I joined was already a remote company, so from the beginning when I walked through the door, it was a remote company. I knew what I was getting into. I was already comfortable with it, and I believe, that from at least from my perception, the employees were already comfortable with being remote. So that was kind of an advantage that I didn't have to guide them into the remote work. In my previous company, I did have to guide prior to joining M Science. So it's really a toss up. I could tell you about both sides of the spectrum, <laughs> whatever you'd like to know. Yeah.
0: Well, no, yeah, it's it, with anything, right. There's, there's trade-offs. And I think the pandemic was a forcing function for a lot of companies to have to go to fully remote. A lot of companies have scaled back to some middle ground version, right, of hybrid and kind of, you know, folks back in the office a few days a week, but I guess specific to wellness then. So how do you approach wellness for a remote first team? So it sounds like there is, is very little on site activity. So what is, what does that look like for you in terms of strategy to implement?
1: What initiatives you implement? So, for one, we do have a few times a year where we get together, we will invite all of our employees. They'll be able to fly into whatever location we're at. So we have a headquarters in New York. We have a headquarters in Portland, Oregon. So if we're out there and we're having events, we'll let employees know, hey, you can fly in. We are all be in office, uh, whether that be for a grand offsite, a holiday party, a ski trip, whatever it may be. We do get together uh, sporadically throughout the year. But again, most times of the year, we are not we are not together physically. So the approach that I take is, one, knowing my employees and knowing what interests my employees, and then, two, also not overthinking it. I think that a lot of times what happens in human resources uh, is that we we tend to overthink it, so we will spend a lot of time planning and planning and planning and not actually doing, and also human resources folks, um, I'm sure a lot of them can attest to this, we have the predisposition of wanting things to be perfect um and it, I mean it's kind of like a sign off of our work because well, everything that comes out from us should be perfect but in this case, I think it's one of those things you have to take a plunge into so the way that I approach it for one again is to make sure that I know my employees I know my employee base what interests them what gets them engaged. two is to not do all of it by myself um one of the I think one of the best things that I've implemented that I've you know learned from studying other human resources folks and just classes and things of that nature is getting stakeholders in the company to also like help you to promote and engage whatever it is that you want to implement at the company. One of the best things and one of the things I love. There's always a group of employees that at the company, it may be five people, it may be ten people that that are extremely happy to kind of represent the initiatives that the company would like to uh, get out there to other employees. And, you know, I mean, it's fairly easy. There's a lot of things that come out from human resources for a post to be missed or an email to be ignored. But when you have your fellow employees saying, hey, like, this will be really fun. I'd like you to come do this with us. It's a lot more, I guess, convincing to <laughs> to those other employees. I think it really kind of drives home, uh, drives home that togetherness factor and uh, activates that for employees. So those are the kind of the steps that I will take. And then, um, yeah, just making sure there's robust offerings. I'm not trying to do a shameless plug. I'm being completely honest. (laughs) Like Bright Breaks, for instance, just the ability to have so many different topics, areas of just wellness that you can engage in, whether it be stretching, exercising, meditation, uh, nutrition. There's so many different topics. And so it's almost impossible to completely miss one employee. Like There's nothing in there that this employee wouldn't like. So something robust like that is usually things that I would I would try to implement because there's something for everyone. And I always do want to make sure that we're not leaving anyone out. That's another another one of my big values when it comes to initiating anything at the company. I want to make sure that all employees have the opportunity to engage. So right breaks in that way makes that very easy. Another uh, thing that I've kind of implemented at, I believe, I think every job that I've been at is a, a walk. I've done walk at work. So walk at work, I've done uh, very specifically um, with strict rules. And you may say, walk at work, strict rules. Why? Because basically competition, first off, it creates friendly competition between the employees. They're able to team up, they're in groups, they go for walks. Um, so you're already sitting down at a computer at home all day, but you go outside, you take walks, you track your mileage, and then all of you put your miles together. You report it to me, I log it in, and you know it's a competition. And whoever comes out on top, first place second place third place gift cards prizes etc but the rules that i put into place like for instance like it is walking it's no running the reason why i put rules like that into place is to make sure that everyone is able to participate so i mean you may take for granted that hey well not everyone is able to run and you know i would like to think that i know my employee base extremely well but what if there's some reason that this person just isn't able to run this month or this week or whatever the case may be? I want to make sure that whenever I implement something that I'm implementing it in a way that the most amount of people can engage in it and also feel like it's fair, feel like it's something that they want to do and that they should do. I would say in general, I mean, I could go on and on about this, but this is that is my approach to wellness in general, knowing your employee base, making sure it's inclusive of everyone, having stakeholders, whether that be other management within the company and even employees to engage other employees. And then again, um, most important and I mentioned when I said inclusive, but I'll mention it again, just making sure everyone is able to engage and everyone feels like it's something that's fair and that they're able to do.
0: Yeah. That's all great advice. Appreciate you sharing that. And so I'm curious on the almost like the champions that are employees that kind of champion these things, do you find that they come to you organically? They just kind of happen because you're seeing them using the products or are you going out to recruit them?
1: Yeah. So I mean it's a little bit of both. Like so anytime that I initially uh put something out to the company, of course, like I'll ask, like I'll go out and ask for feedback. I always want to get feedback. I want to know what how people feel, whether that be through a survey or just talking to employees at any opportunity that I get. But I do have a lot of employees that do approach me, whether it be like by email or if we're in person for one of those events and say, hey, like, I'm really interested in this. I really like this and I'd like to do more of it. How can I make sure that we're, we're doing more of this and things like it? So it, it works both ways. Um, I think that every company has those few employees that will engage no matter what. And they also are very happy to, like, take the extra step of owning it and being champions of it. So a little bit of both. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense.
0: And so you mentioned, you know, a few of the initiatives, the the offsites. how much work goes into those offsites? I'm
1: guessing those are a lot of effort to coordinate. <laughs> they definitely are. But um, one of the things I mentioned being thankful for it before is having a team. We have a marketing team at M-Science who does an amazing job anytime it comes to employee engagement, offsites, sites any of those activities. They do amazing jobs. So they make it very easy. It's never easy and that's definitely not easy on them but um, they make it easier for you to kind of put things together and to focus on the aspects of it that you really want to focus on as a human resources person. So for instance, our last offsite, I was focused on DEI kind of talk with another shameless plug, even though though it's not plugging me, her name is uh, Cheryl Sutherland. She came by, she spoke to our employees just about DEI and different things that they can do to make sure that we're all being inclusive one of the things that I was happy about and I was actually able to say there is that it seems like I have a group of employees that are naturally that way anyway. So um it was very interesting conversation, very open forum where employees were able to speak, give their opinions, just again, very inclusive. And I was only able to focus on that and bringing that high caliber talk to our group of employees because I had that the support of the marketing team. The marketing team, they they coordinated like, you know, where we would be they found the space um, typically i know a lot of human resources people can attest to this they have to find the space they have to make sure that they are uh, taking care of the the food accommodations all of these different things so when you take those things that are not necessarily a hr focus away from the hr person that hr person gets to bring a higher value of whatever it is that you originally hired that human resources person for so um, while it is a lot of work, I am grateful to have a team that allows me to be a human resources person through and through. And I, I think that's how the company and employees get the most value out of me. Yeah,
0: yeah, a team-wide effort, which is great. And so whether it's the offsites or whether it's a program like, like Bright Breaks or the walking challenge, What are the ways that you're looking at to say, hey, this worked, this didn't, this is how we can improve, this is, you know, what's that process look like for you to kind of debrief if
1: something is going well or or not? I mean, there's several different avenues. So for one, one of the approaches that we take is that with reviews, our reviews don't just go one way, it also goes the other way where the employee's reviewing, you know, things like the company culture, engagement, things of that nature. Once those reviews go out and that happens, we do that twice a year, there's constantly a loop of feedback that I get about what we're currently doing, what we can do better, what they really enjoyed, what they didn't so much enjoy, things of that nature. On top of that, I always put myself in a position where I'm able to engage with employees. So whether it's me contacting a random employee and picking a random employee from a list and saying, hey, I'm going to contact this person on Teams today and speak to them, or um, a 90-day review for our newer employees. So after 90 days, we may speak, you know, not may, I schedule time to speak with them so that I can review their time at the company, how they feel so far about their onboarding, about the company culture, about work-life balance, all of these different things. And then also surveys. I think that it's really important to not utilize just one method of collecting because not everyone is receptive to one method of collecting. Like you may send out a survey. I mean, we all know that we send out HR people know we all send out reminders, hey, complete the survey, we're at 88%, we're at 90%, hey, we're at 91%, just nine more, per- like we all know that happens, There's and there's always a group of people who just don't engage with surveys, but that person may be very open to speaking with you, that person may be very open to giving you a feedback in a different kind of form, so I think that it's important to utilize all of those different kind of feedback loops so that you get the most representation from everyone at the company and you kind of hear everyone's voice. So that's what I do to make sure that, you know, we are giving employees what they want <laughs> and making sure we're engaging them in wellness in a way that is uh, appreciated by them.
0: Yeah, you mentioned a few of the tools that you lean on. Is there anything else to mention there in terms
1: of tools that you're using to support, you know, the culture of wellness you've created? So one of the most important things that I'll say on this is that it's really not the tool. It's really how you use it because we, we have the tools, right? And we got the tools. We all got the tools during the pandemic. The Zoom being like the biggest one. Video conferencing, the biggest one. But again, it's not the tool it's how you use it. So it's really about encouraging employees for one to look, uh, put on your camera when you're speaking with someone else. It's important to see facial expressions. That helps with connectivity. We noticed because during the pandemic, when everyone was wearing masks, we got there were surveys t- taken of the populace where they said, like, yeah, I, I don't know what the other person is thinking. I don't know if they're smiling. I don't know their facial expression. I don't know if you remember there was a push for those transparent masks so that you could wear the mask and people could still see your facial expression. I think that's extremely important. So like for Zoom specifically, I always request. um And it's something that we we at M Science employees, I don't really have too much of a problem with people normally just turn on their cameras. I mean, unless like, you know, someone is eating or something of that nature, um, your camera is gonna be on, it enables you to feel that connectivity. It enables you to see spatial expression. So you're better able to have context to what you're talking about. So I do think that Zoom is probably the most important. It's the one I use on a day-to-day basis. Another important one is like any kind of instant messenger. Different Different companies use different ones, Slack, Teams, whatever instant messenger, AOL instant messenger, whatever you're using. <laughs> but whatever you're using, I think that's important because it's more of that instantaneous kind of talk that you would have if you're in an office setting. Whereas if you go and get to send an email, there may be a little bit of a delay. There's a different kind of acceptable period when it comes to responses there. I mean, to me, those are the biggest ones. Then, of course, any, uh, you know, software that your company might enable that allows you to work on like spreadsheets at the same time, like smart sheets, things of that nature. Because again, it kind of brings back that collaborative feel of when you were in the office and you can all work on something at the same time. So I think that those things are extremely important. But again, they're just tools. It's how yes. you use it. So one of the things I'll say is that, I mean, Bright Breaks, again, we hop on a Zoom and, you know, people have their cameras on if it isn't one of the audio only options. And they're exercising or they're dancing or they're expressing gratitude together and you're able to see other people. And I think that that makes so much of a difference. Audio only has its benefits too, because I, me personally, I love the meditation. (laughs) I love the meditation kind of uh, breaks on on bright breaks, but um, yeah, I I just think it's how you use these tools.
0: Yeah. That's a great insight. It's like, we all have the tools, but I think what I'm hearing for you is like there's a little bit of structure around a lot of things that you're doing, which really helps unlock the potential of the things that you're doing. So something as simple as the rule around, you know, not a rule, but like an encouraging, you know, hey, get on video for Zoom calls because people want to see faces and that's gonna help with connection. Just stating that out loud versus leaving that to chance is gonna go a long way. So yeah, that's a great insight. Is there anything so you it might be just be worth reiterating because I think it was was important, but what are the values that kind of go into creating a culture of wellness at M Science? So one
1: know your audience, discover their interests and build around that. Do your due diligence, but also don't be afraid to introduce something new or out of the ordinary. You never know what people will latch to. I mean, again, remote work was out of the ordinary and now a lot of people are very comfortable with it. Some people are extremely happy with it. So uh, again, don't be afraid to introduce something new. Take the plunge and build the interest of your audience. So a lot of times, maybe your audience isn't really interested in anything. Maybe they're just kind of audience, hey, I want to do my job and I want to log off and go about you know, what I would normally do. But there is merit in building interest. A lot of times people won't try something unless they're introduced to it. And being in, in HR, you're in that unique position where you're able to introduce people to different things that may be a, a benefit to them and their wellness. So don't be afraid to do that. Again, I think one of the most important parts is as an HR person, you do not have to do it alone. Make sure that you're engaging other people, make sure that you are saying yes to those people who are volunteering and hey, um, do you need help with anything? Is there anything I can do? Yes, you. if you wouldn't mind, instead of me sending out this email about this initiative to this group of employees, maybe you'd like to do so. And just so people get it from a different source, there's so many little things that people can do to help that sometimes we in HR want to do it ourselves, want to make sure that it's perfect. But I do really think engaging like just different employees, whether they be managers or just your average employee who just wants to help out. I think that that's really important and it can really help in boosting your the success of your wellness initiatives.
0: Yeah, well said. I mean, this is great. I think there's tons of insights that are going to be valuable to the people that are listening in. So in kind of a final question, what advice or recommendations would you have for other HR leaders who are thinking about either developing, improving their strategy for wellness, but specifically for
1: remote remote firms like yourself? Be open. Be open to the possibilities and the offerings that are out there. I know a lot of times as HR people, our inboxes are packed with marketers just trying to reach out to us, seeing what Seeing what they can sell, but being honest, when I saw Bright Breaks, I took a look at it. It was something that would pop into my my email box randomly, and it, and I'm so happy that I took the plunge with it because my employees enjoy it. I enjoy it. Something that they're able to do together. And there's a lot of there's a lot of other initiatives that we have at M science that came through that way. And don't be afraid to if something is going perfectly right to still try to see what else you can do because prior to Bright Breaks, I would say that everything was great. The employees felt engaged. Surveys were saying that employees felt engaged. However, by taking the plunge, it upped that satisfaction. Like People are satisfied and they can always be more satisfied. So take that plunge, be open as an HR person to the possibilities that are out there. And um, yeah, don't stop trying to push that wellness even further. Awesome.
0: Well, this has been great. I appreciate you taking the time, Monty. Super jam-packed with Insights. So excited to get this out into the world. So thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who tuned in. If anybody wants to find you, Monty, are you on LinkedIn? Can they catch you there?
1: Yes, they can find me on LinkedIn. There's a few Monty Washingtons, not many. But um, I'm the one that is with M-Science. M-Science, Monty, you can't miss it. So (laughs) Love
0: it. Okay, thanks, Monty. Thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next week on the Virtual Vibe. Take care. Thank you, David.